Hey there, Subi fam. Welcome back to another episode of the Subi and You podcast. If you're just joining us, my name is Raphael. I've been hosting this podcast for over two years, and this is episode 121. So it's been going on for a while. If you are here to listen to Hugo and hear him talk about his build, Rumble Hatch, then uh, that's great. But there are 120 other episodes that you can listen to as well. We've got some great people from the community, and we also have some brands that have been on the podcast as well. So go give the other episodes a listen as well if this is your first time here. And if it is your first time here, welcome. We have a great story here with Hugo to talk about his build, and I'm not going to say what it is. We talk, we get into that in a little bit, but if you see the Instagram post, I think you can kind of figure it out. But yeah, it's a, it was a cool build and it was great having him on and it's another Canadian. So that was really cool too. International guest. Stay tuned and you will hear his story here in just a little bit. This episode is brought to you by Melee Design Firm. They are your battery mount specialists. They design battery mounts for your Subaru to help keep your battery secure while off-roading or if you're into rally like some of the guests have been. The battery mounts are also made in the USA so you know that they are sourced right from here. Go check out MeleeDesignFirm.com and see what products they have to offer for your Subaru. In addition to the battery mounts, they also have engine bay caps to spruce up your engine compartment, make it look a little cleaner. And if you want to put a new battery in that battery mount, they also are a distributor for anti-gravity batteries. So go check out MeleeDesignFirm.com and see what all they have to offer. Thank you so much, Melee, for sponsoring the Subi and You podcast. As of today, you have three days left. Today, tomorrow, and Wednesday, going on through May 17th, Rika Wheels is having their buy four, get one free. Because when you're out hitting the trails, you don't want to get stranded without a full-size spare. With summer approaching, we know you're going to be out there on the roads and hitting the trails more often. Flats are always a bummer, whether you are on the highway or hitting those trails. To make your driving experience more enjoyable, Rika wants to make sure you are prepared with a spare. Now, through the 17th, which is in three days, Rika Wheels is running that promotion of buying four wheels, get one free. And it's on wheels only. So go check out RikaWheels.com. Simply add four wheels to your cart and a fifth one pops in for free. The exact same style, size, and finish. For more help or information, please feel free to contact the Rika sales department and they can be reached at sales at rikavs.com. This promotion includes free shipping as well within the continental United States, excluding Hawaii and Alaska. Be sure to check out episode 48 also, where you can hear the Rika story. Thank you so much, Rika VS, for sponsoring this Subi and You podcast. Speaking of sponsoring the podcast, I'm very proud and happy to announce that I have a new sponsor for the podcast. This has been something that's been in the works for about six months, and we finally came around and were able to make it happen. And it falls in line with something else that is coming up soon as well. So actually, I'm not going to announce the new sponsor. I'll let the new sponsor do the announcement. 
The Subi and You podcast is brought to you by Eccentric Designs. For those of you who don't know, Eccentric Designs is a small, community-driven business that offers custom-fit vinyl overlays for most Subaru models. This includes various designs for the rear reflectors, taillights, and side taillights. I also offer fun decal designs like the popular fender stripes and stickers. To find designs for your Subi, head on over to eccentricdesigns.com. There's always more projects in the works, so be sure to follow at eccentric.designs on Instagram. When Jen and I started talking about her sponsoring the podcast, I was very, very excited about it because she was my very first guest. She has a great product that many people know and love, and I'm just super thrilled that she was able to become a part of the podcast and to help continue the success of the podcast and i was really just thankful to have her as a sponsor and a partner with her even further because as you know she is the one that makes the decals the car decals for the podcast so you can go to subinupodcast.com click on the decals tab and go order a decal from her which directly supports the podcast and while you're there, don't forget to browse around her website and check out all the decals that she has to offer for your Subaru, as she mentioned in her sponsorship announcement. So thank you so much, Eccentric Designs, for sponsoring the Subi and You podcast. I'm very, very happy about it and very excited to continue this partnership. We have another patron question of the week who comes from Sierra, who goes by SLT Trek. And she asks, what's a mindset you live by? I don't know that there is a specific mindset that I live by, like this is it. But I just try to do good by others, be giving of my time and but also give myself time as well, because I know that that's really important. It doesn't mean I'm always good at it, but I try to do for myself as much as I can uh, but I always find myself trying to do and give to others because it's just kind of who I am so I guess maybe that could be the mindset is just to be a giving person and a thoughtful person and uh, just do for others because there's a lot of people can uh, can really help make their day if you do something nice for somebody else but again it's always important to do for yourself because I think if you take care of yourself then you can better take care of other people as well. So I hope that answers your question. Thank you so much, Sierra, for that. And uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. With that being said, we will get into this episode with Hugo to hear all about his Crosstrek and what Rumble Hatch means and uh, just hear his Subaru journey. So here we go with his episode. Welcome to the Subi and You podcast. It's uh, great to have you on. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you for our Subi and You podcast fans. So, uh, hey everyone, my name's uh, Hugo Harding. I'm from Toronto, uh, Ontario, Canada, and I have um, a 2017 manual turbocharged Crosstrek um, that you guys 
may or may have not seen on uh, Instagram and, and Facebook by now. I do have a YouTube account dedicated to the entire process of building the car. It's called Rumble Hatch. And uh, yeah, I've just tried to make a little bit of a guide in a how to do style list on on how to build something kind of like mine. So it's a little easier for the rest of you guys. Yeah, and it's cool to see that you've got video component going along with Instagram because you're able to share a lot more through YouTube and people get to see it. And that was really kind of the concept behind the podcast is with Instagram, you can, and especially when I started the podcast, Reels wasn't a big thing. It was people posting some videos, but mostly photos and people talking about where they were going and listing all their mods and everything. And so I was thinking like, I wonder if people would be interested in sharing more in a different format than what you can do with Instagram. And so that Mm -hmm. was kind of how the idea for the podcast came about. So like you having YouTube channel and doing all the stuff with your car, is just another way to express and show and, and, you know, let people know what it is you're doing and how you're doing it. So I think that's cool. Yeah. I mean, like it's just another, you know, visual format of, of someone sending their build list and instead of having to regurgitate that message and, copy and paste, send them the link. Uh, I just, you know, always happy to chat with people, give them my time of day and and walk them through how to do things. But, you know, also an easier, I guess, style of that is just sending them the link and the video and and give it a watch. And if you have any questions, let me know. And that's, that's kind of what it was there for. And it was just another creative outlet for me to use, use my time while you know, wrenching on the car and doing stuff in the garage, which is always good fun. Yeah, and it's a good way to document it too. And when you were talking about people reaching out and sending them links to the video, it's been so cool to see how within the community, people reaching out to each other and asking for guidance and information or maybe somebody else that can help them out if you don't happen to know. And the way that people share their information and you know, that you don't usually run into, oh, well, I'm not going to tell you how I did that because I don't want you to copy me or whatever. So most of the builds are pretty unique. A lot of people are, you know, people are doing some of the same things and have the same things, but everybody has their own personality that comes out through their build. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm trying to think when I first started doing the YouTube stuff, but uh, at the time there wasn't really a lot of, of, uh, you know, cross track and like FB20 enthusiasts so to speak really doing that at the time and and obviously all the other you know platforms that Subaru makes the wx the sti the brz they're pretty well documented there's you know almost a copy paste format of like how to do this so rewind a few years i wanted to to kind of start that journey so to speak and and be one of the ones to really start pushing the envelope uh, at least on the performance side of of uh, the platform. <laughs> yeah, because so. <laughs> so for the majority of my guests and the majority of the listeners, I imagine they're in the off-road overland community and yeah. mostly because I have a cross track and those are the people that I've connected with. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of been the trajectory of the podcast. But of course, I like to have tuner cars on mm-hmm. and you have a cross track, which is typically what people would use to go off-road. But if people are listening to this, we haven't said it yet, but your cross track is lowered. So what made you decide to do that? Honestly, um, <laughs> I 
the the, the Crosscheck was my first car and still actually is my first car. But um, I just loved the way that it looked. And it was just a really rugged looking car for me. And, you know, I always loved, you know, JDM cars, import cars, and just kind of that scene. So the Overland stuff was never really in my in my view, so to speak. So I got that car, which is obviously marketed more towards more of the off-road crew. And I, I guess I did what people didn't want me to do was, was lower it. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, over, over time it, people have definitely softened up to it, but at first you get, you know, why do this? Why do that? But, uh, no, it's, I, I love the, I love the way that it looks and honestly just lowering the car, it, it transformed the way that it drives. And, yeah. uh, but yeah, I, I think a question would be too, is like, why not just get an Impreza hatch because it's already a little bit lower and it seems like it would be more ready to fit the format that you were going for. And, you know, cause like with a cross track, like I said, you typically buy it to go off road, but you lowered yours, which is totally fine. Yeah. It looks, it looks great. I love what you've done with it. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you have a, you do have a, a, a fair point on that part, but for me, it was like the mentality of what I have right now is what I wanted to work with. But from what I've, I guess, gathered over the the past few years of of owning this car, the Crosstrek has you know a bigger sway bars than the factory, better brakes, uh, a larger gas tank, a better towing capacity. And you know, I, I may not use my car for that per se, but that's why I kind of wanted to lower it and do what I did with it uh, over the Impreza. I just I just like the way that the Crosstrek looks compared to the Impreza. Yeah. Uh, at least this generation. And it, yeah, because it does have a different body style. And the first gen Crosstrek just look so good. I mean, of course, I have a second gen and I love my second mm-hmm. gen, but there is still always a soft spot in my heart for the first gens because that was mm-hmm. the first Crosstrek I ever saw. And I love the rear end still always and the yeah. taillights. Yeah. I know they've even uh, even the you know the Crosstrek and the FB20 platform alone. I, mean, I am still pretty blown away with actually how much aftermarket support it has. You obviously do have to do a bit of digging, and and I'm not too, I guess, up to up to snuff on the the second gen stuff. But the, the first gen does have quite a quite a large amount of aftermarket support, which is nice. Yeah, it's good. Now, were you so you mentioned that earlier that you were a fan of JDM and kind of that scene, I guess the tuner scene. But have you been? Were you a fan of Subaru before, or just kind of all builds? Honestly, all all kind of stuff. Like I, I love a little bit of Honda. I like uh, Mitsubishi, uh, Nissan. You know, all all that all that era, all that scene of cars. But I've always really loved Subaru, and and uh, as a kid, I I just grew up with the I guess seeing the GD chassis always on the street, so the the blob eye, the bug eye, Hawkeye, and I I th- got to say the blob eye was always my favorite, and uh, it was just yeah I've I've always been a, a Subaru fan. Um, again, that's the only car I've ever owned, but the next car I, will, I hopefully own is going to be another Subaru. Yeah. So what kind of initially drew you to Subaru and a Crosstrek? So I got my Crosstrek um, just after I finished high school in 2017. 
And I always, I learned to drive on a manual Fiat 500. Nice. So I always wanted a manual car and, you know, Subaru was definitely in the radar. I went to university at a province where it was very snowy. So, you know, all wheel drive and, and something that was safe was definitely of uh, high importance. And, and that's what led me to Subaru. Um, at the time, so to speak, I didn't really have a choice, but it was. And I think, you know, every young enthusiast, first time car owner would love, you know, the high performance, you know, STI or WX. And that wasn't in the cards, but, you know, the, the Crosscheck has been nothing but fantastic uh, for the last six years. So when you bought it, did you have intentions of like, hey, I'm going to buy this car, but I'm going to lower it and I'm going to tune it and I'm, or I'm going to turn it into a performance car. Was that already in the forethought or were you just like, this is a Subaru. I like this body style. It's going to be good in the snow and it's safe. Mix, mix of the two. Honestly, you, you, uh, spiral pretty quickly. You, you go down the rabbit hole of modifications and I think it stayed rare, like rough, fairly stock for about a year. And then, I started lowering it, and that's kind of when everything snowballed. And I picked, <laughs> I picked up some sponsors along the way, and uh, got more parts put on the car. And and you know, here we are today. It's it's completely different than than what it came off the showroom for. Yeah. And so when you first decided to lower it, you said you had it for about a year. What was what was the response from people that knew you? Were they like, I mean, I'm guessing people that you knew well knew what you were going to do, because I'm sure you probably told people, but <laughs> yeah. what was the response from some people that were like, dude, what are you doing? Like, would you get some, yeah, some I mean, hate on uh, it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, why would you lower a, you know, why would you lower a cross truck? It's, uh, you know, off-road style car, you know, sell it, buy another car. You know, you're, you, you purchased the wrong car off right off the gates if you wanted to do that but uh you know at the end of the day it's 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 your your car you do whatever you want to do with it and exactly uh, so so be it <laughs> yeah well i think too it seems like that i mean i'm just kind of thinking this in my head as as we're talking but because it was because you had to make it into what you wanted to i'm guessing it was a fun process to take it from what it was and then also a challenge as well to turn it into what it is today. Because like you said, it wasn't like you started off with an STI or WRX and there was just all this support for those kinds of cars. You had to do some digging. So I'm guessing like oh, yeah. it's just been a fun process to go through the whole thing. It's, yeah, it's, I think to say a process has been, that's just a tip of the iceberg. And it's just... Yeah, over the years of, of really modifying this car to this extent, you have to really know all the little ins and outs, and you have to really dig into how to get to from A to B. And uh, obviously, with the STI and the WRX, there's a pretty well-organized list of parts. This is what you need to buy. This is who you need to, you know, who you need to have insta uh, install them, who needs to tune the car, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, no one's really done it to this degree. And I've definitely had to do a bit of trial and error over the past few years of figuring out what's good, what's not. These are my recommendations. This is what you need to get. And here's 
roughly the recipe on how to get there. Yeah. So where'd you come up with the name Rumble Hatch? And is that actually the name of your car or just your Instagram account? And were there any other names that you were thinking about when you were naming your Crosstrek? It's, uh, I'd say more of just the name of my account. I don't, you know, I don't want to walk up to it, so to speak, and, and call it that. But um, I think when I first put on a set of unequal length header headers on the car, I, you know, it was like, all right, rumble, hatchback, put the two 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 together, and and here we go. And it kind of stuck. I, I always like the name of uh, rumble hatch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then did you? Was it a while before you started an Instagram account for your car? It, it was probably maybe a year a year after I, when I first bought it, and I just started modifying it. And just you know, started taking pictures of it here and there, and then over time, as as uh, things kind of grew, I just catered down my Instagram to, I guess, appeal to everything else that's that's out on Instagram these days. Yeah. So I guess make it a bit cleaner. Yeah. When you put on the unequal length headers and you got the rumble. Was that when you started your Instagram account or did you have a different name for your account before? Or was it a personal account that you said you narrowed down? No, I, I it was always a, a dedicated account for the for the car. I'm trying to remember what name it was before. Oh, I, okay. I, I, it's called um, Rumbly XV. That's what it used to be. Oh, okay. That was the yeah. first, that was the first name of it. Yeah. Rumble Hatch is a little more catchy. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> And the the color that you have is that the color that you were wanting, or were there other colors that you were thinking about? If uh, if I had a choice to have picked, I really would have loved the dark khaki or a yellow or white, just one of the more obscure colors. But this was the last manual uh, twenty seventeen crosscheck on the lot, so I didn't really say no to it. And, and this was the color that I got. It's the dark gray metallic, which I've really grown to love. Yeah, because your main, I guess the the biggest deciding factor was it had to be manual. Yeah, correct. Me too. Correct. <laughs> because Yeah, hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I have the six-speed manual because mine's a 21. And there's six Houston area dealerships in, or there's six dealerships in the Houston area None of them had a manual Crosstrek. And mm-hmm. and I bought it back in September of 2020. There was okay. a cool gray khaki that was available in San Antonio, which is about three hours away. It's a nice color. <laughs> yeah. But so the sales manager out there was said that he had a couple that was looking at it. And if they didn't buy it that day, then it would have been available for me. But they ended up buying it. So then they found another one about five hours north of Houston, uh, up north of Dallas in McKinney. And it was white. And so, and it was available. I'm like, I, I'll take it because, mm-hmm. you know, and like people have asked me what I would have done if, as far as mods with the cool gray khaki. And I, I don't really know. I've seen some that look really, really good. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, I, I have no idea because I mean, I've got the white and I just went with a white and black theme, which I really, really love. And it looks really clean. And yeah, the white, white's always a good color. Yeah. Well, even even back then, the manual the manual Crosstrex, and even Impresas for that matter, were were quite hard to find. So I was really lucky 
Um, yeah. But, you know, nowadays, you know, the uh, Subaru in general is just kind of stepping away from the manual transmissions. And obviously the the new performance um, vehicle that they make is, I mean, the WRX is, it's still offered in manual, but S- the STI is gone you yeah. know, longer. You know, it's a, it's a shame, but yeah. Um, yeah, the the days of of learning how to drive manuals and you know maybe teaching your kids how to do that is definitely is going out the door, which is too bad. Yeah, well, my son is driving my car. He's driving it tonight, so I've taught him how to drive it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, at first it was like you know he he had a little trouble with it. I mean, first gear is always the hardest, and then once you can get out of first gear, then it gets easier. And so he's driven it enough now that he's gotten really good with all the shifting. But yeah, I mean, for him to be able to be driving a manual car, like, you know, in this day and age, at his age, it's like a going to be a really good skill to have, even though he may not end up getting a manual car at some point, but at least he had the experience of driving one. Exactly. So I like that I've been able to give him that. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean... Especially as a as a daily driver, and, and and hopefully, when the time comes that I can potentially purchase another vehicle, I would definitely want it to be a manual as well. I, the you know daily daily traffic doesn't bother me with a manual. Yeah. You just kind of learn to love it, and and that's part of the driving experience. Yeah. Do you have any desire at all to go off road, or have you like done a ride along with anybody going off road? I I don't know if you know of him or if you had them on the show and excuse me if I'm wrong, but, uh, one of my friends, his name is Logan. He, his car is Stormtrooper Crosstrack, I believe that's his handle. He has the digi, like the uh, snow camo wrapped half wrap one. Him and I, uh, would used to meet up and, and do ride alongs and, and do some of the trails, but <laughs> I would have to drive my car, you know, a quarter of the way up the trail park it and then get in his in his car so uh you never know maybe maybe at some point the next vehicle down the line is is more of a do it all kind of thing but yeah well here we are (laughs) yeah i I mean that's like for me it would be nice to have more power with my cross trick and then still have the off-road capability kind of like what milton has done with silver bullet xv he did the swap on his, mm. in his and so he's got more power now i think he has like a 2.6 r from a i think it might be from a and i could be totally wrong but an outback but he's he's got quite a bit more power than what oh, wow, okay. the engine had previously so i'm probably totally messing that up but i know he has more power and i had the opportunity to drive it when we went out to moon rocks and i just never ended up saying hey let me get behind the wheel so yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe some other time there's um uh you know talking on the the performance side of things i've i've made you know little groups here and there just to kind of get all the turbo you know cross track fb20 owners together just so that we can you know all chat together share our experience parts questions you name it and there's one guy in our group who's actually from Ch- uh, chile and he has a like overland built cross track with a turbo kit on it and he off-roads at camps does you know what, and, and and he loves it. It's kind of cool to see both sides of the spectrum. Yeah. So what kind of modifications have you done to your engine? Because I was watching some of your YouTube videos. I know you had some where you put it on the dyno to get, you know, see what the horsepower is. 
what what did you start doing to the engine and where are you at now so um i'll start with i guess the dyno the dyno figure and we'll go from go from there so it made 222 wheel horsepower and 210 wheel torque at 10 psi and that's tuned on um petro canada 94 octane that's available here in canada um i used the avo turbo world uh they're out of australia they build the turbo kits for these cars so i just bought their stage one kit and then did a bunch of um, bolt-ons to kind of make power easier i guess um you know i'll pick a few off the list but i did a Cobb SF intake, a front mount in a cooler, uh, three inch catted turbo back exhaust, uh, manual boost controller, radium dual catch can, uh, a bunch of different things. All the other little supporting mods to kind of get it there. Full fuel system, all the gauges to monitor everything. Yeah. But in- internally, the the motor is currently stock. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to add a turbo to a cross track what all is involved with that i mean is it a matter of just slapping it on or are there other modifications that you need to do to either the the engine or the transmission or anything that you don't send too much power to it and and mess other things up because i mean i know turbos can be pretty powerful but Mm -hmm. i don't know that much about them or engines or transmissions other than how to shift them (laughs) (laughs) so i guess if you're going to start with a cvt you know crosstrek or impreza uh, i don't i don't have experience from them but from what i've heard um those are limited to about six or seven psi of boost and that basically depends on how you drive it so if you're driving it very hard from stoplight to stoplight beating on it every day i don't know how long that's going to last i i can't really tell that but the stock five speed is actually it, it can hold quite a bit of power i never had any issues with the one that i had in my car currently but uh, i kind of future proofed my build as i have you know further goals that i want to do in the future so i i do have a, a upgraded transmission in the car Okay. But um, yeah, if if you if you do want to you know boost your Crosstrek or your Impreza, you really only need uh, a turbo kit from AVO and a few other little supporting mods just for safety, so to speak. And then if you want to go above and beyond, you can you can keep adding to yeah. it. Yeah, and so what is like, so in one of your videos, you're talking about like the manual boost controller and then PSI. So what do those mean and like how do those play into the turbo system? So the uh, wastegate uh, from factory that's on the the turbo that you get in that turbo kit is set to five pounds of boost. So if you don't have a manual boost controller on the car, you can only build about five pounds of boost and that's about it. Once you put on a manual boost controller, that um, basically helps to keep that wastegate closed to whatever PSI you set it at. And then past that certain point, it'll just uh, dump the rest of the boost pressure out the back of the exhaust. So I have mine set to 10 pounds of boost. So it keeps it closed to 10 PSI. And then if it sees anything else past that, it will dump it out the back of the exhaust. 
And so what is the wastegate? Like, what does it do? It's basically a spring uh, actuator that sees vacuum pressure and it will either open and close depending on how much uh, pressure it sees that you have set. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cause like for me, I think I'd have to go and like really look at, see if there's like some kind of video that explains all that. Cause I'm a very visual person. So I'm trying mm-hmm. to like picture it in my head, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> without, yeah, without having a physical, you know, turbo in front of me and explaining or showing it, there's many, many videos on, um, you know, engineering explained and, and other guys on YouTube that can explain how, uh, a wastegate works. Yeah. So the turbo that you have on, that's the only one you've put on it. Yeah. It's the original one that comes with the kit and it should be good up to around 300 to 350 wheel, which okay. is, uh, which is <laughs> the next, <laughs> next, next goal of the build. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to ask is, are you on a quest to continue to make more power? So currently I am actually having another motor built on the side. What? I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep that a little quiet, but I've worked with, I'm working with a company called NAS performance. So I actually sent out, um, FB 20 case halves, the heads, pistons and rods to them to basically be blueprinted because no company uh, makes an off-the-shelf forge piston or rod for these motors. I do know one person that has actually had Carrillo piston build some, but that takes months on end and it's it's pretty pricey. So I spoke with this this company and sent basically a full disassembled long block out for them to blueprint and, and start building uh, parts for. Nice. So when do you do you when do you anticipate getting that completed and put in your track? So I just got sent schematics of uh, one of the rods. I sh- they should be getting that fairly soon. I think the pistons are going to take another eight weeks, but I I definitely think it'll be a, f- a few months from now that I'll get the full assembled you know motor back. But I don't plan on putting it in anytime soon. It's Okay. It's probably going to be next my, next winter's you know, gotcha. downtime project. Yeah. Now, I've, so have you done most of the work yourself on your car? So, uh, yes and no. I used to live in a house with a garage, which was lovely because I could you know tinker <laughs> and do all the stuff myself. But yeah, that helps. Uh, since since about maybe a year ago, I, I moved into a condo and. I can't really do that with the the parking garage, so no, unfortunately not. Yeah, so you got. I guess you were doing some stuff when you had the ability yeah. to, and now it's just yeah. It's I mean, I live in an apartment, and there's very limited things that I can do. Uh, there's a little alleyway that is close to my apartment, and there's it's basically an alleyway to get to garages. So I'll pull in there just because it's kind of out of the way, and people can't really see what I'm doing, and I'll mm-hmm. do some stuff there. The big things that I've done, like putting on my roof rack, my skid plates, I've gone to my cousin's house and we did that. Yeah. We have a, I'm fortunate enough to have a wash, wash bay in the bottom of our parking garage. So That's I'll nice. go down there and, and switch, you know, switch the winters or summers on. And, and I've pulled the bumper off a few times and, and done the odd thing in there. And <laughs> the concierge guys can see on the, the camera that <laughs> they're like, hey, what are you doing in your car, man? But, well, I'm uh, not washing it. <laughs> no, definitely not. 
Well, yeah, speaking of pulling your bumper off, I saw where you had posted you were getting your car towed because you, I guess you lost power or boost or something. And I was looking at, at first I thought you were in a wreck because I was like, Mm. oh, like the front end looks jacked up. And then I realized, no, you pulled the bumper off. So I guess you have to pull the bumper off in order to get it towed or to clear the ramp going up that flatbed truck. Yeah, so (laughs) precisely. There's two actual hooks on the front of the frame that you can put straps to tow it up the truck. But since I have a front mount intercooler and I had a license plate relocate at the time, I couldn't put the, um, what is it? The, the eyelets on? Yeah, yeah, the eyelet, the eyelet to go into the frame to tow it. So I just thought of pulling the bumper off on the side of the road and, and it made my life easier to get onto the tow truck. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was definitely looking at me as, as they were driving past. Like, what but... is this dude doing with his bumper? Exactly. But no, uh, I guess that goes back to my whole process of figuring out what parts, you know, are needed to, to do this kind of conversion. Cause I had, I had, uh, converted the car from a returnless, stop fuel system so there's obviously the tank in the back of the car and there's one feed line from the tank to the uh, engine bay that uh, provides fuel so on a you know sti or a wrx it's called a return style fuel system so you get gas uh, from the tank fed to the engine and then it recirculates back to the tank so i converted the car to uh, return style and i put in an sti fuel hanger i had to get some plugs and harnesses from iWire, a bunch of stuff from Radium. I've had iWire on the podcast. They're a good group. Oh, yeah. Brian. Brian, he's he's fantastic. I was actually having a little wiring issue with the fuel level sender. I originally had a STI one in the car and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't displaying the fuel level correctly to the dash. So I was doing a pool and, you know, it said I had half a tank or a quarter tank of fuel left and then it just ran out and me knowing the car so well i knew something was instantly wrong as i stepped on the pedal yeah. so i backed out of the pole and you know basically just limped it to the side of the road but i really thought it was worst case when um i had to i had to pull it aside and get it towed but it ended up just running out of gas and i and i fixed oh, the fuel good. system. yeah i was th- knock on wood thank god but, uh, <laughs> yeah. i fixed i fixed this sorry i since fixed the fuel system issues from then and i've had no issues that's good yeah that's good that you're able to figure it out too yeah so what does that mean when you're doing a pull uh i guess it's just tipping uh you know using the throttle tipping into boost and and uh going up in the rpm range shifting through the gears and and definitely building some boost yeah just a nice piece of open road or a closed course and Letting that having, turbo kick yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Having some fun with the car. Yeah, that's a good feeling. Because I have it driven, is. I don't mean, I've, I, I've driven a few turbo cars and that is, that feels nice. <laughs> Honestly, the, the first ever turbo Subaru was, that I ever drove was actually my own. I've never driven an STI before. I've never div- driven a WRX. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, I, you know, at some point I hope to, to test that out, but I only know, I only know the cross track so far. <laughs> yeah, well, I've driven, I've been fortunate enough to drive a tuned STI, a tuned WRX, a tuned uh, Impreza wagon, and I 
think I think that's it because I drove uh, Jay, who goes by Audiophile, is his STI. I've driven Ryan, who goes by Anonymous TWRX. I drove his WRX just a couple of weeks ago, and then Christina, she goes by Lane Drifters. I drove her Impreza wagon, which was interesting because she had one of those really tall shifters like that has like oh, the yeah. flowers in it and stuff yeah, and i was yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is kind of weird but then shifting i was like okay it wasn't as difficult as i thought it would be and it was, it was like oh no this is actually kind of fun but huh. yeah those were those were fun cars to drive yeah i could imagine i uh yeah hopefully at some point i can get the, the chance of the opportunity to either drive or own one or yeah or, you know it'd be good fun that's for sure yeah so you mentioned sponsors earlier. How did you go about getting sponsors and what are your current sponsors? So when I first uh, initially lowered the car, I reached out to IS, ISC Suspension and Whiteline because I wanted to help them, you know, have a bit more information on on what parts actually fit this car. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of the 08 to 14 WRX suspension parts directly bolt onto the Crosstrek and the Impreza. So I, you know, said, hey, uh, I'll give you guys exposure. I'll help you out if, you know, something can be in return, so to speak. And and they we worked out a little something and they they sent some parts out and Whiteline hopped on board um, for a little bit. And ISC is still a current sponsor of mine. And they sent out some of their N1 coilovers that I've had on the car for about five years now. And they've been fantastic. The other sponsor I have is Grimspeed, which is very recent. They had oh, sent me nice. Out, they, had some, they had sent out some goodies. So I have their bypass valve uh, on the car, a plate delete, their shift knob, and uh, a couple other goodies, some dress-up parts. Uh, so Grimspeed is really, really happy to jump on board and get some parts out to the Crosshair community. And then I have... Um, compressive tuning, which is based out of California, and I have their engine yeah. dress up uh, parts on the car right now. So, were there some of these companies that are typically supporting and providing parts for a typical tuner car? Were they excited to see what you were doing with your Crosstrek? Yeah, exactly. They, you know, get numerous requests of, you know, here's my WRX please sponsor me. Here's my STI, please sponsor me. And, and uh, <laughs> here's my cross track. Wait, here's what? My cro- yeah. Here's my cross track. That's lowered and has a turbo and it looks nothing like all the other ones. Let's uh, see what we can do here. So no, I was, I was very fortunate and grateful that to team up with them in some way, shape or form and, and get some of their parts. And, and it's been nothing but support and um, good times so far with those three companies. So yeah, thank you to ISC and, and Grimspeed and Compressive for helping me out along the way. Yeah, that's awesome that you're able to get those. So with your, I was looking at your very first YouTube video and you had a nameless performance exhaust and then now you have a custom built exhaust, correct? Mm-hmm, yes. So what made you decide to switch and who, who did you have build that? Because it sounds good. It looks good. <laughs> Thank you. So I, I was lucky enough to have a really great fabrication shop uh, near me here in Toronto. It's called GT Custom. And they, they really do some beautiful work. So majority of all the, the fabrication stuff uh, that's been done on the car has been done by them. So the full fuel system, uh, intercooler piping, the full turbo back exhaust was all done by them. It was uh, ceramic coated. Um, to obviously keep out some of the heat 
but um yeah there just wasn't a lot of aftermarket exhausts that really fit the style that i wanted and either they were you know too loud or too quiet or you had to modify an existing um wrx hatchback setup to fit so i just thought about doing a full custom setup that would tailor to exactly what i wanted and, and it, that's that's what's happened yeah and then they can go in there and measure and check out all the proper routing and get you what you really want exactly so you know obviously ground clearance was a little bit of a <laughs> yeah <laughs> a yeah. little bit of a concern of mine so everything that they've built is on v-bands which is the there's no gasket in between any of the exhaust flanges uh it's all with a, a v-band clamp if, if that's something you've seen before i have not but, uh, that allows you know the pipes to be rotated and have a little bit of play okay uh, compared compared to you know a two bolt or three bolt flange but um yeah they made, made they made sure to cinch the exhaust as high up uh in the tunnel so to speak and, and i haven't really had any ground clearance issues that's good with yeah. the, so with all the mods that you've done so far what would you say is your favorite uh honestly the turbo kit and the hood that i had built uh, a few years ago so i actually sourced another hood off a another cross track and i bought a 2009 legacy gt hood and i had the two of them merged and then you know molded in and took it to a body shop to have paint matched oh, so that's, that's a pretty cool. that's a pretty unique part that not a lot of people have done and uh, i always get questions about that but currently i have a oil cooler actually mounted under the scoop so it feeds fresh air to the oil cooler oh that's cool nice mm. yeah it looks good too thank you <laughs> yeah you're welcome so what have you done to the inside because we can see what you've done on the outside but any mods on the inside that you've done other i know you did you said you had the custom shift knob and then i know you've got gauges but anything else on the like the, to actually change the interior what's what's lucky about the first generations is all the 2015 to 2021 wrx and sti interior stuff fits you can put the door cards you can put the seats you can put uh you know the shifter console you can put trim you can all that uh back seats you name it you can put into the car but um i haven't done any of that so to speak i've i've put a wrx uh, steering wheel and airbag in the car um, some of the carbon fiber trim. I have a fire extinguisher. Uh, some of the shifter consoles stuff from the WRX. I have a couple of gauges to monitor what's going on with uh, obviously the turbo stuff. And yeah, I, I wanted to keep it fairly basic, but it, it definitely doesn't really feel like a cross truck when you hop inside of it, which is kind of fun. Have you done any kind of video of the interior stuff that you've done? I, I did one. I was installing some carbon fiber uh overlays or trim pieces a, f a few years ago i think and there's a there's a video of that and i did one on this uh obd2 scanner tool that i have it's called the ultra gauge and i have that mounted on the dash and that allows me to you know, monitor intake temperature oil temp coolant rpm um a, a ver like a variety of different things that the ecu has to monitor it's kind of like an access port without the tuning and data logging capability but okay i have a video of that on uh 
on YouTube as well and kind of shows the interior a little bit more of the car. Yeah. So I was scrolling through your Instagram feed and it looks like you have several different wheels for your Crosstrek. Is that the case? <laughs> I guess it's a, a bad addiction over the past few years. <laughs> and me, me changing my mind, but uh, I think I've had... <laughs> This is bad. 12 sets of wheels over the oh past <laughs> six years. So uh, I've hopefully finally set on the last two so far, but you never know that could change within a year's time. <laughs> now, did you have a few sets of wheels or like two or three at a time that you would change out? Or would you have a set of wheels and then go to the next and then go to the next and then go to the next? I've always, I've always been good at selling parts that... You know, I, I didn't. I never had a lot of clutter. I just don't have a lot of room to store stuff anymore. So yeah, I would uh, have one on one set on the car and probably sell the winners or vice versa. But you know, I'd always have two two usually for the car at one point in time. Okay, so do you also do the switch out of like winter tires and summer tires? Yeah, exactly. And do you just change the tire out on the wheel that you have, or do you have like a set of wheels that has the winters and a set of wheels that have the summer? Because in Houston, I have a dedicated set. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because in Houston, we don't have to deal with that here. Oh, lucky! There you go. Yeah. So I mean, I see that. I see people doing that in different parts of the country, depending on the climate, especially where it's cold, and you actually yes. have a winter, but we don't have winters here. Yeah, we we have uh, about eight months of it here in in Canada. So yeah, it's a long uh, time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're on the we're on the upside of it, though. I'm I'm looking forward to the spring and the summer and taking the car out a bit more, which will be nice. Yeah. Now, it's take, speaking of taking it out, do you go out on any road trips? Not as of not as of recently. Probably the most driving that I used to do in the car was from where I am in Toronto to uh, Quebec. So that's about anywhere from like six to eight hours. And and the fur, furthest that I've ever been to the uh, the furthest that I've ever traveled with the car is to Vermont. I went to Jay Peak with with uh, the Crosstrek. Nice, nice. That was a fun drive. It was, it was beautiful in the fall, and oh uh, yeah, I, I I don't get to the states very often, so that was a nice little treat. Where have you been in the states? Oh god, I guess just the the basic basic stuff for tourists: uh, New York and and Chicago and and Boston. That's about it. And then Vermont. Okay, yeah. Never been to Texas. Never been to Florida. <laughs> you know, no, I'm, I'm not too good with that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, I I know nothing about Canada as far as the geography and where the different what are what are they called up there? I'm just drawing a blank. The provinces. Yeah, the provinces. Yeah. So because I I don't know like what's in the east, what's in the west. I just know that Canada is north, and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> I should probably explore it a little bit more because I think you are. So you were my third guest that I've had on that is actually living in Canada, but you're my fifth guest. Well, no. I guess I think my fourth guest is actually like from Canada, so because I've had I've had a few on. Okay, yeah, yeah I guess uh, the predominance of the, the viewers and uh, people you've had on the, on the show have been from the states. Yeah, yeah, and it's but it's it's cool to get people from other parts of the world, and you know, I mean, this course is North America, but I've had some people from different places, and uh, I want to just I want to keep it going around the world and see who mm -hmm. else I can get on. Because it's, why not? Yeah, why not? I agree. Okay, as far as thinking about the Crosstrek as the first-gen car, just the first-gen Crosstrek, like, what are your favorite features about it? Just 
as of like, like, let's say you're just to look at a stock first gen Crosstrek, like what is it that kind of draws you to it and stands out to you? All the, all the bumper, like the cladding on the, the arches and the, um, front bumper, rear bumper. I, I've always loved that rugged look but yeah, from a, a driving perspective, so to speak. I think it's the la- one of the last cars that Subaru made that's truly like analog, at least with my setup. You know, there's no uh, lane assist. There's no eyesight. It's not too much tech. Like I don't even have CarPlay. I don't have like a crazy inter- infotainment system in the car. So it, it feels pretty raw, which is quite nice. Because, you know, everything nowadays is massive infotainment in the car and, and lane assist and um, uh eyesight and you know i mean i'm just talking about subaru but yeah it, it kind of takes away from the everyday driving experience and and what i've built the car for is just you know i guess more performance based so i want it as analog if that's the right word yeah feel as, as i could get without you know purchasing a, a far more older platform i yeah i totally get that because i mean mine's this mine is similar i have Apple CarPlay, but mine, because mine is a base model and because it's manual, I don't have like the hill assist. I don't have X mode. I don't have the eyesight. I don't have like the lane assist. Cause mm-hmm. I've, when I used to work for my, my old job, I would go out of town quite a bit and there would be times that I would rent a car and I'm driving it and it would, I would get the pushback on the steering wheel because I was mm-hmm. drifting into the other lane or just getting close <laughs> to the other lane. And it would really yeah. bother me. I'm like, this is annoying. Like, And then it would beep at you and all this stuff. I'm like, how do I turn all this crap off? Because I've mentioned this a few times now at this point, but I'll say it again, that I've been driving for like 30 years without mm-hmm. all of this technology, and I've been doing just fine. So, yeah, exactly. you know, I mean, the only times that I've gotten into accidents, I've been hit from behind like three different, no, four different times. I've only run into somebody from behind once, but that's because I was being stupid with this first car that I, or second car that I had. Mm. And I was trying to race somebody and ended up, somebody pulled out in front of me and I hit them, but that's for, that's, that's for a different time. Yeah. But, other, different <laughs> but other than that, I've only, I've been hit from behind or somebody like backed into the side of my car. And, you know, I've, I've been, like I said, I've been driving for 30 years without all these other assisting technologies and i've been doing just fine but i think i mean i get it i I think a lot a big reason for it is safety but also probably a big reason for it is that people are a lot more distracted now i mean you know you shouldn't be driving looking at your phone but so many people do it but you could just be looking down to adjust the ac or something and you look up and people are slamming on their brakes so the eyesight and helping to break when there's something like that going on, that's a really good feature. Because there have been times when I've looked down to, you know, turn the radio up or turn the knob on my AC just for a second. I look up and all these cars are stopping in front of me and I'm having to slam on my brakes. So that feature would be nice if there was some brake assist. But yeah, other course. than that, that's only happened a handful of times. Yeah, no, all the all the safety features are are fantastic. and And I guess... You know, maybe at some point, uh, a future vehicle, and you know, potentially at the time that time comes, and I, and I have a family, I would want uh, a car that has all those safety features. But I guess 
for what I've built the car for, I, I kind of wanted all that stuff not to be there. <laughs> um, it's got airbag, you know, it's got airbags, it's got seat belts, it's all about, you know, you know, rudimentary stuff, but your average track car doesn't have lane assist, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, you know. Yeah. You you get you get the story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and of course, I'm not knocking all the technologies and the safety features. But, you know, they're there for a reason, and they are really good. But yeah, it's it's it is just kind of annoying when you're, especially if you're. I mean, it, it is really good on long drives because mm-hmm. I've had some long drives when I've been out of town, and it was really nice. But mm-hmm. I don't take too many long drives, so I don't feel like I would need that. But yeah, I mean, they are good to have. No, agreed. If you could describe your cross track in one word, what would it be? Oh God! <laughs> if I could use the if I could use the word, I'd, I'd say uh, unique or OEM plus. I, I, I didn't. Yeah. You no, know, I, I wanted to to stand out, but I didn't want it to be over the top. And I I didn't I don't think at least it's hit that threshold. It's not too far one way, too far the other. It. You know, if you really know what you're looking at, you're like, okay, what what's that? That's a really done up cross check. But for some other people, they can look right past it and think of it as just a normal everyday car. Yeah. So, I, you know, I didn't didn't want a big wing. I didn't want crazy colors. I didn't want crazy wrap. Just you know, wanted a, a really nice and clean and simple setup. And I think that's what I've done. So, I guess unique is the word. Yeah, I mean, because you've done some unique things to it, like with your hood and, you know, just doing what you're doing to a cross track in the first place is not, I mean, it, it does, there are other people doing it, but it's not like really common, but right. it's, uh, I think unique is a good word and it's, it isn't over the top and it looks nice, but it's also, it's like kind of subtle, you know, yeah. and it has a nice subtle look to it. So it's like not so flashy where you're like, Oh well, there's this is nice and that's nice, but man, what's up with that? So yeah, I, I like the overall look of it. You've done a good yeah. job. Thank you. Appreciate that. You're welcome. What about your cross track best matches your personality? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> best matches my personality. Yeah, I don't ask easy questions. I guess again, unique and and you know, determined and. It's always been there for me. It's it's just it's something that I can count on, and and I guess that's kind of like me. You can count on me. I'm I'm a very loyal person, and uh, yeah, it's it's just been a dependable car for the past six years, and and I guess that kind of ties into my personality as well. Yeah, that's good. So up where you're at in Canada, and are there like Subaru groups that you are part of? Because I know you mentioned earlier you're trying to get people together, and and but like, are there any like car groups that you are a part of? So where I'm at in uh, Canada, at least in, in Ontario, there's a quite a big group called Rumble Nation. And well, that goes uh, perfect do, with your name. Yeah, right. Exactly. Rumble Nation. They do uh, you know, cruises and meets and uh, show and shines and, and events that track the, uh, tracks here and there, which is good fun. There's another group called Six Subies, which actually is, again, another group that's started out of Toronto and, and they do events and meets and all that. Um, besides that, physically here in Toronto, not too, too, too much. But on on Facebook, I'm, I'm pretty frequent in the cross-track groups and one called FB20 Society. And I've yeah. made a, a group for all the lowered owners called uh, 
ruined cross tracks. So <laughs> oh, all the, awesome. Yeah, so all the all the people that choose to ruin their cross track come and join your come and join the group and you'll be welcomed aboard. Now with the Rumble Nation, is that all Subarus and all Yeah, it's it's predominantly Subarus, but again if you, you have any any vehicle, you're always welcome out to the, the groups. Everyone's really lovely and just happy to be a car enthusiast and yeah and, uh, yeah it's it's just a, a good good group of people are there any people that you get out with to go driving around and hanging out with there's a couple people local to me again uh that one guy that i had mentioned earlier who has the camo wrapped cross track uh yeah his name's logan he has he has the stormtrooper cross track that's what it's called yeah i saw him a few years ago but one other guy local to me, but no, I, I've been fairly quiet in that, that aspect for the past few years. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. What about Subaru of Canada? Do you have any interaction with them? And like, what is the support from Subaru of Canada? And then also with the dealerships? Cause I know down here, there are certain dealerships that will touch your car. If you have it modded, like they like to see that, that they're cool with that. They'll work on it. Mm-hmm. And then there's other dealerships that are like, I'm not touching your car because you've modded it. Yeah, good point. I stepped away from actually having the car serviced or maintained at a dealership many years ago, kind of when I went down that rabbit hole of modifying the car, just because I I knew that some dealerships would be picky about it. And especially like, you know, further you go, you know, suspension, you could probably get away with, you know, exhaust, you can probably get away with. Uh, but as soon as you start kind of doing what I did, they don't even want to take a look at it and i haven't i haven't bothered but that's just what i'm i'm guessing but there's many well-known subaru performance shops around me which is really lucky and, and i've i've just had the car uh, maintained in service um, by them for many years and it's been great well that's good i mean yeah then you don't have to worry about the whole dealership thing of whether or not they're gonna look at you sideways and be like no i'm not gonna touch your car so yeah no yeah. no and again you know like everyone they they you know, value their investment, value their car very highly. And I, I, I don't trust a lot of people to, you know, either drive it or, or work on the car. So I I've <laughs> only brought it to like select, select few shops that I really trust to take yeah. care of it. It's been, it's been great. That's good. So with all the people that you've connected with, I guess, like through Instagram and are there like three people that you've connected with that you would like to meet up with and hang out with? Honestly, it's a word like a lifelong goal would be able to incorporate i guess motorsport or something in the car realm with the business side of thing that's what i went to to school for so if there was ever you know something with subaru or subaru of canada or subaru motorsports or vermont sports car anything like that that would be such a dream come true but on the instagram side of things not really but honestly i do look up to you know Travis Pastrana, and and I really looked up to Ken Block, and, you know Bucky Lasik, and Leah, and 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 all of them for that matter. I think they're really true car enthusiasts at the end of the day, and especially they're in the the Subaru world of things. So you know, uh, speaking on Ken a little bit, um, when he unfortunately passed, I definitely felt that uh, pretty deeply because he was such an advocate for you know the car culture and, and, you know, appropriate 
appropriation, if that's the right word. And you just, yeah. you know, eat, sleep, breathe motorsports and you know, having a good time and living life to the fullest. And again, then, you know, he had his ties with Subaru. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool to see Leah living on that legacy and pushing, pushing, uh, for him in the motorsports world. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's cool to see her kind of carry on that legacy and be out there pushing hard, like you said, and showing up and making it happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what a like what a cool experience for you as well to have, um, you know, Rian, uh, how do you pronounce her name again? Rhiannon. Rhiannon. That's. I it. mean, that's how I say it. I think that's how you say it. But yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. Well, how cool of you to to have her on the show, and you know, Bucky and some of the other big names in in the motorsports world. Yeah, I feel very fortunate that because of doing the podcast that it's opened up some doors like that. And I've had opportunities mm-hmm. to meet people. I mean, so I, you know, I've met Bucky Lassick in person a few times and I would love to meet Rhiannon at some point. And then I would love to get up to Vermont sports car or make it out to a rally or a rally cross event and meet Lance Smith in person since I've had him on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then, um, UG who works at Vermont sports car, I would love to meet him in person and, just some of the other drivers. I did. Oh yeah, I did get a chance to meet Scott Speed at uh, oh, Subaru cool. Flat Fest up in Madison, Wisconsin. So that was really cool. Wow. And, and he's such a chill guy too. And I wasn't. I was kind of intimidated when I first met him, but then after he kind of he came around the the off road area, we were just standing there, and we look up, and they're like, "Oh, there he is. He's just walking around." And he just started talking to everybody, and he's just super cool and super chill. That's awesome. So that was, yeah, uh, yeah, it was a fun experience and just nice to have that opportunity to meet him because he's such a a big name in in motorsports and especially now for Subaru. Uh, so it's uh, you're very lucky in the in the states having all the support from uh, Subaru and you know all the big meets like uh, Wicked Big Meet and Subi Fest and and all of them because a lot of those guys and and girls for that matter they all you know come out and, and show face and and uh show support for the community so it's it's super cool that you've had the opportunity to meet you know just yeah. a few of those that were named yeah and i'm excited for this year because we're having the inaugural subi fest texas in september and i'm very excited about that and i just bought my tickets this morning so yeah uh, lucky yay. lucky 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i mean because it's like the other ones so i went to boxer fest but subaru flew me out there. They took me out to Boxer Fest. And then last year they took me out to Subi Fest, California. So I'm very thankful and I feel very fortunate to have been brought out there by Subaru of America. And unfortunately they weren't able to do it this year. But you know, even if that had never happened, to be able to get out to a Subi Fest event, all of them are so far away from me. So now that we're gonna have one in Texas and I get to see all the same people that I saw at the other events now in my home state. I'm really excited about that and, you know, I'm lo- looking forward to it and I'm hoping that it's going to be big enough that they will do it again, continuing on after this year. How cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So on your profile, it says entrepreneur. So what is that? Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So if I could have put like the go-to FP20 person, I would have put that on there, but it wasn't an <laughs> option, but I guess from the standpoint of just having to figure stuff out for this platform and the, you know, the performance realm of things, like I had to find a tuner to work with me and, and, you know, uh, help support the entire community. So I ended up, 
purchasing the software for him to help not just tune myself, but also offer remote tuning to other uh, clients and basically just figuring out all the parts that I needed to do this. I guess I have that like entrepreneurial skill. Yeah. But a little while ago, I, I actually teamed up with uh, this local business called A Car Guy's Garage, um, just probably about an hour from where I live. And um, we actually started to build parts for the first generation Crosstrek. So we used my car as a bit of a template and we just brainstormed together and we built uh, a lip, with side skirts, rear spots, uh, window vents, and then some engine dress up stuff. And um, we, you know, went through the whole prototype process together and and then we made some, you know, final products and they were on online. And it was super cool to see parts that him and I work together on, on, you know, other cars across the world. You know, there's people in Asia and, and the US and Europe and, you know, all over the place that have parts that, you know, we worked on together. So I guess that's the entrepreneur aspect of, of uh, my profile, so yeah. to speak. And is that still going on? Yeah. Yep. It's okay. still going on. So you can go and you can go to his uh, website and you'll still see those parts on his website. And what is so the website? It's called the car guys garage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. You said it earlier. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. So we, we <laughs> never got around to getting a test car for the new generation, but uh, we used my car for uh, the first gen stuff. So we, we built a full, basically full catalog of parts and, I made install videos and, and took photos for his website and, and was kind of part of the whole process, which is really fun. Yeah. Now you've got a lot of stuff for the first gen cross checks for all of you first gen cross check listeners. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. What other hobbies or activities do you enjoy besides modding and driving your trek and just having fun with it? I guess, uh, cooking and, and health and fitness and, um, spending time with friends it's kind of what i have time to do at the end of the day after after work but yeah cooking and and hanging out with good people and and uh staying active and healthy i guess that's what i really like to do but i love i love being in the garage if i had that luxury again and and working with my hands and being outdoors is is uh, great yeah yeah cooking is definitely a good skill and yeah uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah food is important but exactly yeah how has owning your subaru changed your life again to kind of what i said earlier it was it's just always been there for me so to speak and it, it's just something that stayed very consistent uh in my life for the past six years it, you know it reminds me of really good times uh really bad times um you know a lot of hard work and, and determination to get it to where it is. And and I guess that kind of reflects into other aspects of my life, but no, it's just something that has stayed very consistent and I can always count on it. And, and, uh, you know, I don't drive it every single day, but whenever I do, I, I love it. And it reminds me of why I poured so much of my time, money and effort into this thing. So, yeah. Um, so since you don't drive it every day, do you work at home? I don't know. Oh, okay. So do you ride yeah. a bike or something? Yeah, I take uh, public transit. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, I take public transit. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, I could drive, but it's just a complete nightmare. So. <laughs> yeah. Why well, do it if you don't have to? So, no, exactly. But now that the now that the weather's 
getting a little bit better here in Canada, I'll I'll definitely be taking it out um, more on the weekends to put some miles on it. Yeah. You said that something about the dark times or whatever, good times, bad times. Were you, were there parts or things that you were doing to your cross track that were very difficult when you were trying to get it to where you want it to be that you almost gave up? I've definitely pondered selling it at points just to, you know, if there was something going wrong, just to simplify. And and I guess that's the easy way out, but you know, that I, I like to stay very determined. So I like to figure it out. And what was it? I had an issue with a center differential and I thought it was the axles and I thought it was a steering steering rack. Then I thought it was something else. And I basically replaced everything and then figured it out. The last thing was the center diff. So I, I finally just replaced that and now it's fine. But um, no, I guess, you know, good times, bad times in life. And if I've ever had that, I would hop in the car, go for a drive and it would instantly make my mood better. So uh, that's another reason why I can always count on it. It's just, uh, yeah. And you find that, reason. yeah, you find that a lot with people that, if you're having a tough time, you know, it's like, well, I have this car that I absolutely love that makes me feel really good. I've done all this stuff to it that I'm very proud of. And I think I'm just going to get in it go for a drive, just lose myself in the drive. And then you can feel better. You know, it may not always make you feel better, but at least it's something that you can, a tool that you can use to just kind of get away for a little bit, even if it's just for a short drive down the road or something, just hop in there's that one thing that it's like okay this one thing isn't going to let me down you know it's it's going to be there and i know that i can depend on it to just bring a little joy into my life even if it's just for a few minutes so that's yeah it's really cool so while we all do it i guess yeah i mean we're all part of this crazy subaru community that's crazy and wacky and awesome at the same time and Uh we're all fun ones yeah, we're all here for maybe different reasons, but we, it's nice that we can all come together. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, there's just, there's, it's not a huge, huge community in the sense of the car brand and the number of cars compared to like other car manufacturers, but it is, but it's also a small community, which is nice. And, mm-hmm. but like speaking of the community, what do you like most about being part of the Subaru community? Everyone's just, uh, you know, so accepting and and happy to chat and share their their experiences and information and and you know, you know, if you want to learn more and and chat or go for a drive or you know, come along, you, you name it. Just at least everyone that I've met up until this point has been nothing but smiles and and happy and you know, uh, very welcoming with open arms so yeah it's it's just a great community that you know clearly you can attest to as well with um all the stuff and all the people you've you've had on the podcast so far so um it's a very open and and welcoming community so to speak yeah and i think for new people coming into the new to into the community i think that's what they find out very quickly is people are kind of timid at first and shy about reaching out and maybe nervous and maybe feeling like they're bothering somebody by messaging them. And then when they get a message back uh, pretty quickly and answering their questions and they're like, whoa, wait a minute. Wow. They were actually, they asked Because sometimes I've heard people reach out to 
pretty big accounts and they're like, they actually messaged me back and they were helping me. I'm like, yeah, that's just the way this community is. It's awesome. Welcome. And so I think it's, it's cool. It's fun to see new people come into the community too. Like you'll see somebody post and they'll say like new account and they'll be like, oh, I just bought my whatever. And so when I see that, I try to share it in my stories just to like, let them know like, Hey, we're all here for you. And, you know, I'll tag some, some big accounts to help share it and let them know like, Hey, you may be new, but you belong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Welcome, welcome aboard. And yeah, you know, even, even I've had that from personal experience, you know, I'm just a small little blip in the community. I like to say, but you know, people will, will send me a message and, and I'll take the time to reply to them. And they're like, wow, I didn't expect you to reply. Or thank you so much for taking, you know, the time of your day to, to chat with me. And that that's what I do it for. That it makes it makes me smile at the end of the day. And and again, that's another reason why I have the YouTube is like, here's a little bit of a guide. Um, take a look. If you have more questions, I'm always happy to ask or happy to chat. Yeah. So you know, that's all all part of it. And then you have Going back to like if you're having a bad day, not only do you have your car that you can get out into and and bring some, like I said, bring a few minutes of joy into your life, or maybe that brings a few minutes and then it just extends on for the rest of the day, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. But you have this whole community of people that it seems like if you're having a bad day or you really need to talk about something, there's those few people that you've connected with, or maybe even a lot, where you can just reach out to them and not talk about Subarus, just talk about I'm having this rough day and, or, or sometimes you might be having a bad day and somebody maybe you haven't heard from in a while messages you and is like, Hey, what's going on? And you're like, Oh, you have no idea how much I needed that right now. Yeah. Yeah. We're all, all human. That's all, that's all part of life. So. Yeah. It, it's just so cool to have this broad reach of people that we've connected with all over the world. Exactly. Exactly. I know it's, it's crazy the reach that, you know, this, you know, this kind of stuff is taken compared to, let's say like a, a personal social media account. I have I've a much larger span of, of, I guess, uh, exposure now. And it's really cool to, you know, chat with people in, in Asia or <laughs> Europe or the States or you name it. Like it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just, it's hard to imagine not being a part of this. Yeah, exactly. Well, was there anything else that you wanted to share about you or about your Subaru journey or your trek before we wrap this up? Honestly, no, you've, you really hit all the points. I just, I, I want to say thank you so much for finally having me on the show and, um, you know, putting up with the periodic little check-ins that I did to see where we were at. And no, I'm really happy great. to, I'm happy to have had a chance to, share my experience and talk a little bit about myself and what I've done so far. So um, again, to anyone else that's watching out there, if, if you are wanting to do something similar or a little bit similar to what I'm doing, happy to shoot me a message. Um, Happy to chat and entertain. And there you go. Yeah. And I'll share your YouTube channel in the episode notes. So if somebody wants to go click on that, they can, you know, if they're listening to the episode, they can go to the details episode, you know, all the extra information and I'll put your YouTube channel on there. And of course, a link to your Instagram page. But yeah, I thank you for taking the time to be on here. I know it has been a while, but I do like I liked the little check ins because then again, even though I had you on my list, it was just it was like, OK, cool. He's he's like 
Yeah, I, I really am excited to be on the podcast. So no, you didn't bother me at all with that. Uh, well, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thanks again, and I hope you have a good night. And we will uh, get this out and uh, share your story. Raphael, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you, Hugo. Have a good one. All right. Hello. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to another episode of the Subi and You podcast. Again, if you are here to listen to Hugo's episode and this is your first time checking out the podcast, please go check out the other episodes. There are a lot of great guests that we've had on. And thank you to everybody who's been listening from the beginning. You know who you are. And uh, I really, really appreciate all of the support, people liking, sharing, and uh, for all my guests, thank you for taking the time to be a guest on the podcast. So if you want to help support the podcast even further, you can go to subianewpodcast.com, click on the link right there on the homepage to support the podcast and become a patron. Becoming a patron gets you access to the Discord server, also some extra bonus content that I've been putting out with people like Bucky Lassick and Luno Mattress. Also have some extra content coming up with Lance Smith that I recorded with him and also just some behind the scenes candid content of conversations with my guests. So in addition to getting a sticker and a handwritten note from me, as well as some other things that I will work to do to put out for my patrons as a thank you for supporting the podcast. So thanks again for listening. Hope you all have a great week. And uh, we've got a holiday coming up, Memorial Day, so that's nice. I am taking Friday off. I have Monday off, so I'll have a nice four-day weekend. So I hope some of you out there are able to take advantage, take advantage of that as well. So thanks again for listening, and we will see you next Monday for another episode. It's going to be a good one. Another good one. They're all good. So talk to you later. Thank you.